What's up, everybody? My name's Tom Langan, and this is Something Good, the bite-sized podcast about anything and everything good, for goodness sake. Welcome to episode 50, a milestone. I think uh, statistics are that most podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes or something like that. I uh, heard that a few weeks ago, so 50 is, uh, is a big deal, I think. And uh, I'm pretty proud of sticking with it enough to uh, get to 50 episodes. Took me longer than I thought it was going to take, but we got there eventually. Better late than never, as they say. Uh, Anyway, on today's episode, I'm going to tell you about uh, my weekend, about Saturday, July 10th in particular. Uh, It was a big day for me and a couple of my friends, uh, and I want to share that story with you because I think there, uh, there are some valuable lessons to take out of it, and it was definitely something good. So the day, uh, actually the events leading up to uh, what happened on Saturday the 10th um, began back in April, I think. So I am a cyclist and a triathlete. Uh, I've been riding for about five years now, and I've been competing uh, on an amateur level uh, in triathlon for the last three or four years. And so I uh, was out uh, in April, was out on a ride with a buddy of mine, Matt, who I ride with a lot. And uh, he, he said, hey, um, Guy and I had this idea and uh, wondered if you might be interested. And I said, okay, you've got my interest peaked. What's your idea? And Matt said the idea was that he and Guy wanted to challenge themselves and try to ride 200 miles on their bikes in a day and uh without really thinking about the magnitude of what i was agreeing to or what i was signing up for i immediately said i'm in so we kept talking about it we started talking about dates we started planning uh originally uh we were planning on doing the ride on friday july 9th uh, but that plan was thwarted by weather. It ended up, uh, we had a tropical storm pass through the area on that day. And so we had a lot of rain and uh, some flash flooding and all kinds of things that would have made it impossible to do that ride uh, on that day. So, uh, so the date moved to the 10th. But, um, but yeah, in preparation, we did a few long rides uh, leading up to it, including riding from uh, uh, where I live. We're close to where I live, down to New York City uh, and back up, including on one ride, we went all the way down to the Battery, uh, to the Statue of Liberty, and back up um, to, uh, to Putnam County, basically. And um, so covered several rides, over 100 miles uh, on a couple of occasions in preparation for this, as well as a lot of other rides. I'm currently uh, in the midst of a training plan for uh, my Ironman triathlon that's coming up in September. And uh, so, yeah, so we had a lot of rides under our belts. We had a lot of miles on the bikes uh, and felt uh, as good as we could, I guess, about uh, challenging ourselves to this 200 mile ride. So I just want to talk through a little bit of my thinking going into it. Um, If you're not familiar with endurance sports and endurance athletics, uh, there are a few things that I think I found over the course of my time competing in and uh, um participating in endurance sports that uh, really make the biggest difference. So obviously training is one of them. You have to train your body to uh, be able to endure uh, the duration of the output, to be able to actually uh, 
put out work for as long as it takes to compete uh, and to complete these races. Um, so the, the training is, is undoubtedly a huge part of the experience with, um, with endurance events. But then there are sort of two other components that I think at the end of the day can make or break your race or your event or your attempt, as the case may be. Uh, and those are nutrition and hydration. So a lot of people tend to overlook nutrition and hydration. And I think, um, I think they're crucial. They're absolutely crucial. And, I, and I, I've, I've, got, I've come to that opinion from reading a lot, listening to a lot, watching a lot, um, learning from professional athletes, professional triathletes uh, who really, really push the boundaries of what the human body is capable of. Um, you know, professional, uh, you know, triathletes cover an Ironman distance, which is 140.6 miles, um, all under their own power. Um, you know, three mile, 3.2 mile swim, um, 112 mile bike, um, and, uh, or 3.4 mile swim, 100, uh, 112 mile bike and a 26.2 mile marathon. Um, you know, they cover that distance all under their own power without assistance um, in eight hours, which is, excuse me, oh, got something in my nose there. Uh, sorry about that. Hope that didn't blow your ears out. Um, anyway, pardon me. Uh, Gesundheit. Uh, I guess I don't know if I can say that to myself. Anyway, sorry. Um, I digress. The sneeze distracted me. But basically, yeah, professional triathletes can compete and compete uh in in 146 um uh, 140.6 mile race uh and complete that race in uh a total of 8 hours all under their own power um which is incredible i mean it's just an insane feat uh of human endurance and one of the things that i hear uh in following you know, different, um, different media sources around triathlon and endurance events is the value of, and the importance of nutrition and hydration and how really they are, how crucial they are on race day or on the day of the event. Um, without those things dialed in, uh, you, you simply can't do what these athletes do. So I went into, uh, uh I went into this, this attempt, um, with that in mind very focused on my nutrition, very focused on my hydration. And then the third part of that was pacing. So obviously, if you're going to go out and run a mile, you can pretty much, if you're in good shape, you can pretty much just go out and run as fast as you can for a mile. Um, and and that'll work. Like, you'll be able to run a pretty fast mile time um, if you're in decent shape. You just go out and run as fast as you can for a mile. Um, but that only works when you're running for, you know, uh, a handful of minutes, right? Um, when you're when you're doing 200 miles on a bicycle, something that's going to take you, you know, 12 plus hours to complete, uh, you can't go out uh, really fast. You actually have to make yourself go slow in the beginning in order to be able to finish the event. And so, pacing was was crucially important to me going into this attempt too. So. On the morning of the 10th, uh, I met up with Matt and Guy at about 6 a.m. Um, right by the uh, uh, one of the bicycle pathways near us, the Putnam Trailway. Um, and, uh, 
and I had a lot of food. I basically had packed enough food to eat um, either a bar or a gel or a Stroop waffle. Uh, if you're familiar with those, if you're not, they're delicious. Uh, check them out. Um, but to eat something, um, my plan was to eat something every 30 minutes throughout the day. Um, so to have food every 30 minutes. And then I also had uh, uh, two bottles of water on my bike. One bottle was just plain water, and the other bottle was uh, a a powdered drink mix called Gofar. Um, and I use that because it has um, electrolytes, but it also has um, carbs and uh, protein in it. So a little bit of protein, not a lot, but a little bit. But it's got carbs, protein, um, and electrolytes. And then some of the uh, food that I was taking in also had electrolytes because that's one of the other important things with hydration and nutrition is you have to make sure you replenish your electrolytes. Um, because basically the way that works is uh, as you salt, you lose, or as you salt, as you sweat, you lose salts, right? Magnesium, sodium, uh, et cetera. You lose salts uh, through your pores on your skin. If you've ever done a really hard workout in the summertime, you finished, you can feel sort of grit on your skin. If you're a heavy salt sweater, I know I do. Uh, or you see those kind of white stains, um, those salt line stains on uh, workout gear or something you've worn outside when you've been sweating a lot in the summertime. Um, that's the salt that you're losing through your sweat. So you have to replenish that salt because without that salt, um, your body can't actually absorb the water that you're drinking and it passes straight through your system and you become increasingly more and more dehydrated. So staying hydrated in- includes um uh replenishing electrolytes so those are those are a key part of hydration a hydration and nutrition plan um and then in terms of pacing my pacing was very simple i have my heart rates uh my heart rate is uh i have heart rate zones kind of mapped out based on um some testing that i've done not very sophisticated testing but testing that i've done um to establish uh where my heart rate zones are how those equate to different levels of effort how long I can sustain those kind of levels of effort, et cetera. And so um, my goal was to keep my heart rate in zone one or the kind of my lowest sort of working zone um, for at least the first hundred miles. Uh, And then after that, I would let it to start. I would let it start creeping up um, over time. Uh, So basically that meant that I was, my plan was to keep my heart rate between 117 and 132 beats a minute or at least below 132 beats a minute. Um, and there were a couple of times where I spiked out of that. I made it to like 134, 135, but that was about it for the first 100 plus miles. Um, so that was the goal. Uh, was, you know, going into it with those, those ideas that I was going to drink a lot. Uh, the drinking was going to include electrolyte replenishment and some carbs and some protein through GoFar. Uh, and then I was going to eat more than I've ever eaten uh, on any sort of attempt or uh, ride that I've ever done. Um, I was just going to eat as much as I possibly could over the course of the day. Um, and I ate a lot. Uh, I missed, I didn't eat anything for the last uh, probably hour and a half uh, of the ride because at that point, anything you eat isn't really going to help you uh, during the course of the ride. But um, I did uh, I did eat throughout the rest of the day and uh, actually bought a couple of things too during some of our rest stops and some of our water replenishment stops or refill stops. And uh, yeah, 
So I ate a fair amount. I was pretty happy with it. So so here's how it went. We met uh, a little after 6 a.m. We got on the trailway. We rode south on the trailway from um, Somers in uh, Westchester County, like literally right on the border. It's a stone's throw um, from the border of Putnam County. So we got on the pathway in Somers, rode south, down, all the way down to the end of Van Cortland Park, um, kind of uh, just above Manhattan, and then turned around and rode back up to Somers, stopped by the vehicles, replenished our supplies, um, and hit the road again, and went north, and rode from Somers uh, up to New Paltz, all on trailways. So we rode the, the Putnam Trailway, um, which becomes the North County Trailway. Uh, up into Brewster, and then we uh, there's a short detour across some streets, and you can get on the Maybrook Trailway and the Maybrook Trailway, which is relatively new, just opened this year, earlier this year, um, or at the end of 2020. Um, that takes you up to uh, Hopewell Junction, where you can get on the Dutchess County Trailway. That takes you up to the, the walkway across the Hudson, so you can get across the Hudson on a pedestrian walkway um, slash bicycle path. Um, and then that puts you on the uh, Hudson Valley Trailway, and that takes you to New Paltz. I think I think that's what it's called. I think it's called the Hudson Valley Trailway, um, and that takes you up to New Paltz. So we rode up to New Paltz, did a little riding around uh, some neighborhoods um, uh, on the east side of New Paltz, over near uh, the New York State Thruway, um, to add some miles, and then uh, headed back south. Um, and uh, all in all, it went surprisingly well but i think it went surprisingly well because of the strategies that we employed going into it we were careful about our pacing and we were diligent about our nutrition and our hydration throughout the day um and uh and yeah we uh we headed back we ended up we left a little after six o'clock like about six ten in the morning um and we ended up getting back to our cars uh just before 9 p.m um, it was a total of 12 hours and 53 minutes of riding time, um, a, about 14 hours of total time over the course of the day. And, um, and yeah, we did it. We made it back to the cars. I, I covered, uh, according to my watch, when I stopped at my, at my car, I had covered 202 miles on my bike over the course of the day, 202 miles, which was, um, about 94 miles longer than the longest ride I'd ever done before that. So it was a big jump. Um, it's not like I had done 190 miles and I was now going to 200. The longest ride I'd ever done before this was 108 miles. And uh, that was one of only four times that I'd ever ridden more than 100 miles in a day. So it was a, it was a, big, uh, it was a big leap. Um, it was a big leap. Uh, it was a big challenge. And, uh, but we came through it because of preparation, um, and because, uh, we believe throughout the entire day that we would accomplish this goal. Um, and I wanted to share that story or tell you guys about that experience from my perspective, um, because I think it really is good to challenge yourself, um, by attempting to do things that might seem impossible and actually uh on a different day you might consider impossible yourself um there's no good reason that i uh should have been able to go out and ride 200 miles and to be perfectly honest i felt pretty good at the end of it which is a little bit crazy but i felt pretty good i could have kept going it was pitch black because it was just after sunset 
Um, and so it wasn't safe for me to keep going. I did have a, I did have a, a headlight on my bike and I could have gone out for a few more miles if I really wanted to, but, uh, but I could have kept going. I genuinely could have. And, and to prove, uh, or to reinforce my point that I actually felt pretty good. I went out and ran five miles the next day, not quickly, but I ran five miles. I did a recovery run the next day, covered five miles, uh, at a very, very easy pace. Um, again, keeping my heart rate nice and low. And that was really just to, to move myself along and make sure that I didn't get too tight. Um, but I didn't have a lot of muscle soreness. I didn't have a lot of muscle weakness after that 200 mile ride. And it was all because I put in the preparation. Uh, I was methodical in my approach and, um, and I followed a plan and I did something, uh, that, I, if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have told you it was impossible or that I would never do or never be able to do. Uh, and I did it and I did it with more ease than I ever thought possible. So, uh, that's the point really is just, uh, you know, if you set your mind to something and you are, um, driven in your approach to, to achieving something you've set your mind to, if you are methodical, if you plan and prepare and then execute on that planning and preparation, you can achieve the impossible. And that is definitely something good. That's all I've got for today. Thank you so much for listening to me drone on about my experience riding an insane number of miles in a day on a bicycle with two friends of mine. I really appreciate it. Um, thank you to Matt and Guy, who were my compatriots on this journey i really appreciate uh getting to spend the day with you guys uh and getting to go through this experience with you uh it's definitely something i will always always treasure as a uh an amazing fitness uh goal in my life so thank you to both of you thank you to everybody for listening uh, if you have ideas or stories or thoughts you want shared on the show please reach out you can find us on social media at some good pod that's at some good pod. You can download the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Please make sure you rate and share the podcast with friends and family. And uh, that's all I've got. That's it. Until I see you or talk to you at the end of the week, have a great week and I will talk to you soon.